I want you, if you can, just take all of your distractions, move them away, and I want you to focus on what God has for you today. Because I believe this series of Constructing Christmas is something that you and I can use in our life. Because I really try to answer the question as best as I could that you may be asking, what does this have to do with me? What does Christmas have to do with me? Besides, I have to spend a whole lot of money on Christmas gifts, and I have to eat you know, more food than I ever wanted to eat, and I've gotta to go to all these boring parties and spend time with some family members that I really don't really care to be around, okay? Other than that, what does Christmas have to do with me? It has everything to do with you and with me. And so we're going to get God's version of the Christmas story. We're gonna see how God sees Christmas. It's kind of like with kids. You know, kids kind of see Christmas in their own kind of way. In fact, I want you to look at the, look at the monitors here as lights fade and we watch the monitors. Um, you, can, um, you can see how kids see Christmas with this video. came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have, what? I can't, I can't say it good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager and I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> oh, a camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angel said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would 
thrive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. That's awesome, isn't it great? So we, uh, we get to see a little bit of how kids see Christmas and uh, we get to see how God sees Christmas because God has been planning Christmas for a very, very long time. It's kind of like when you plan a really, really good vacation, a long vacation. You plan and you plan and you plan and maybe you plan for six months, a year, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe two years. But God has been planning Christmas for a really, really long time. You know, as a church, we're, we're planning, we plan lots of things. But one thing in particular, and as you guys know, we are, we are planning to relocate to our property that God has uh, showed us. And it's 20 acres here in Emerson. And there's steps in the process and there's fundraising and faith and everything. And as we walk through that, it started with one thing. <clears throat> it didn't start with the building. It started with a vision. It started with a vision to be, have a facility here in Emerson that we can access at any time and we can triple or quadruple our ministry focus and impact here in our community. And so it, it started with, with, with the vision. And then a next step would be sort of a blueprint. Hey, we would like for to have this and need to have this kind of room and this kind of space and, and we have some sort of blueprint. And then we move on into a foundation where we're like, okay, it's going to be positioned right here, wherever here is. And then we, then we build and we have a structure and we have a frame of that and we can actually walk into it. Just like God is walking us through that process, God walked through Christmas in God's word. He, he had a, a vision and he um, had a blueprint and laid the foundation and the, the structure or the framework of Christmas. And so he has been constructing Chris, Christmas ever since actually from creation. You know, John, uh, John said that, um, uh, John the disciple said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And later on in that chapter, he, he says, Jesus is the word. And so there at creation, God spoke, you know, God, the, the, the Trinity, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It says creation was spoken and, um, and the vision of creation came from God. Uh, Jesus, the, the architect, spoke that into existence. His, his, his words have power creation. And we actually saw that on the earth where he had the ability to calm the storms with his words, to heal the sick with his words, to raise the dead like Lazarus with his words. His words are very powerful. And so there at creation, the, 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 the vision of, of, of Jesus coming into the world and having the power to do so was there at creation. And even when God made mankind, we're gonna make him in our image 
Image there means reflection, like the moon reflects the sun in our image. So they could be a reflection of our holiness. And even as man fell, and God knew, God knew that mankind was going to fall. Just like when we have children, we know they're not going to be perfect. We know they're going to make mistakes. But we love them anyway. We bring them into the world anyway, whether it was planned or not, right? We bring them into the world. And, and so God knew that. And so all along, he knew they were gonna, they were gonna mess up. The sin was gonna go in the, into the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were gonna fall. And, and that is when God's plan of Christmas and redemption continued to unfold. And so the vision of Christmas started there at, at creation. And then it continued through the lives of characters that we have been talking about. Characters such as, as Abraham and Joseph and even on through, through, uh, through David and, um, and Joshua and, you, and uh, Nehemiah and Daniel. You see these clues hidden in the stories of these characters to where God is sort of like when you build a house, it's like, all right, I, I think we can we could build this room here. We can make this room bigger. It could maybe be a, a two-story, maybe with an unfinished basement. And so just like that, God over the years, through the stories of people and how he interacted with them, God had been laying out the blueprint of Christmas. And then today, we're gonna see how God has laid a foundation. Now, let me tell you something. When, when you go from a, a vision and a blueprint, when you go from that to a foundation, you jumped it up a notch. You know, it's really easy to have a vision. Like I say, if you want to build a house, you have this vision of, of where, you know, you want to build a house and what kind of house, and you could dream all day long. You can look at the internet and look at different house plans, and you have this vision of, of what would work. And then maybe... you. You even kind of play with some, with some blueprints, right? You, know, you look at some examples. Maybe you even make your own. You know, there's tools on the, uh, online that you can go and make your own design and that kind of stuff, and it's kind of fun. But there's a huge gap. There's a huge jump between a blueprint and a foundation. Because a foundation, you know what, you know what it says? It says, all right, this is gonna happen. And it's gonna be right here. Because once you lay that foundation, there's no going back. There's no going back. You laid the foundation and you're telling everybody, we're building a house and it's gonna be right here. God did the same thing with Christmas. After the vision, the vision of redemption for the sins of mankind. And then through the blueprint of designing that redemption and showing examples of that redemption through the lives of, of, of people. And then he got to the point to he's like, all right, we're gonna lay a foundation. Here is how it's gonna go down. Here is what's going to happen. And so as we, uh, as we look into that, into that foundation, uh, there, there are several 
uh, passages of Scripture, and we're not going to even get to all of them, but there are several passages of Scripture where, where God announces, this is what we're doing, and this is where it's going to happen, and it's going to involve this kind of person, and it's going to involve these kind of people, and just to show you that not only do I have a, a vision and a, and, a, and a blueprint, but I've got the exact foundation of how this is going to work, how this is going to go down. And so the foundation is built through the prophecies that are throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Christ was born in Bethlehem, uh, God spoke it. And that's the same thing as when you build a house, you're pouring the foundation, you're basically telling everybody, we're doing it, and it's gonna be right here. And this is about how big it's gonna be. God did the same thing. The foundation of Christmas through prophecy. First one, Messiah will be born in Isaiah, chapter nine, verse six through seven. And by the way, if you, if you really want to um, dig into prophecy. I mean, there's lots of great prophets and stuff, but man, I cannot wait to meet Isaiah. He, he I mean, he, he like called it out. And uh, he must have had an incredible, amazing walk with God. He heard from God, as many other prophets did as well. But Isaiah chapter nine, verse six through seven, it says this, for unto us is born, to us a son is born given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. He's speaking about Jesus. And, and he even confirms what God spoke to David about your throne will be established forever. So the first prophet or the, the, the first foundation is all about the Messiah will be born. The second one is Messiah will be born of a virgin in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Now, let's think about that for a second. For him to even write that, people who read that are probably like, man, what are you smoking? Are you serious? Because if I'm correct, Isaiah, the great prophet, the virgin will conceive. How can that be? That's, that's medically impossible. You, that can't happen. But Isaiah, <laughs> and I wonder, he's like, okay, Lord, tell me, tell me what to write. I'm ready, got my pen, you know, my scroll, you know, my, my full jar of ink, and I'm, I'm ready to go. All right, the virgin will conceive. Wait, did I hear you right? A virgin? Is that what you said? 
will conceive. Are you sure you want me to write that? All right, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go with that. I, I, I just think it's unbelievable that he would write that and that God would, would tell him. And obviously he was obedient. And, and just the fact that God himself would say, all right, here's the foundation. Here's where it's gonna go. Here's what it's gonna, here's how big it's gonna be. And so we're laying it out. Okay, the big plan is, and I've, been, I've had the vision, I've kind of given some blueprints, I've given some clues throughout, throughout the Old Testament as I walked through the, with the children of Israel. And now it's time we're going to tell you what this thing's gonna look like. So the first one is Messiah will be born. The second one is Messiah will be born of a virgin. Uh, third one, Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Micah, different prophet. Five, two. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. But you, O Bethlehem. He's calling it out. He's given the address. It's like if, if, if you decide to build a house the thing that you're going to jump from the big level of, of just visioning and having a blueprint to laying the foundation, you're telling people, hey, it's gonna be at such and such address. You can actually go by and see it. And so that is exactly what God did. Hey, I've given you the address, Bethlehem. It's a small town, you know, but, but it this child, this child who will reign forever on David's throne is gonna be born of a virgin and he's gonna be born in Bethlehem. What an amazing foundation. What, a, what amazing clarity of, of this constructing Christmas story as he is laying this foundation. I'm telling you how big it is. I'm telling you where it's at. <clears throat> and then... This, uh, the fourth one that I'm focused on today is Messiah will um, end up in Egypt. Hosea, different prophet. 11.1, 1. when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. So Hosea is, and you, you, if you read that through context, and I'm encourage you to do so, as you read that through the context, that Hosea is, is saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. He's like, whoa, I thought he was born in Bethlehem. Yes, he was born in Bethlehem. But as you remember the, the Christmas story, when, when, um, when the king decided to kill all the young boys there in Israel, what did they do? They heard about it. And who warned them? The wise men. The wise men warned them because the wise men were, at, were actually warned in a, in a dream. And so King Herod was jealous of a new king and he wanted to make sure that new king did not grow up. So what did they do? 
they decided to go to Egypt. And so Jesus actually spent a few years in Egypt as a young boy. And then eventually they moved, they moved from Egypt after Herod died and he moved to Nazareth where he learned, continued to learn this, this, this skill of being a carpenter. And so out of Egypt, I call myself, not only does God say where it's going to happen, but he even says, hey, the, this foundation that I'm building, you know, it, it's going to be at this location, it's going to be about this size, you know, but, but I'm going to um, share with you even more information that's going to solidify this whole Christmas story, this construction, because I'm telling you that Jesus is going to go away and come back. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. Of course, we, we have clearer eyes now because we're on this side of Christ, and we can, we can see that we have the full, thank you, God, we have the full spoken word of God. And so as we, uh, as we look at this constructing of this, of this, uh, of this foundation, it's unbelievable how God was so specific and how God proved, look, this is what's gonna happen. Now, let's bring this home. What does this have to do with me? And that's a fair question. You know, because God, just like God was constructing Christmas, God wants to construct something in your life. Maybe God is constructing something in your life. You know, I'll look back and I see as I was in college and, and um, obviously not married yet and, and you may remember times in your past and to where you are now, just like I'm remembering now. And you see how God has been constructing my family. And it's amazing. As you look back and you see how God has orchestrated all the parts and blessed me with an amazing, beautiful woman who is kind and everything, and then wonderful kids and constructing, and, and we're, we're asking him to stop constructing because it's getting too big, you know. But, but he's, he's constructing our family and has been. And, and that's just one example. But there are areas in your life that God wants to build within you. God wants to build in you. Now, I don't know what that is in you. I, only God knows that. But it could be, could be, that father's here today, husband's here today. Maybe God's building within you. Maybe God wants to construct the kind of father and husband that you really have, been, have that vision of being. You know that vision which comes from the Lord. You know what that looks like. Maybe there's some blueprints, but now God is saying it's time to lay the foundation. It's time to lay that foundation. And so what, how does that play out in our life? Well, in, uh, I do want to say this, that, that, that God does have a plan for you. And uh, if you look at 1 Peter 2, 
verse nine through 10. And this is uh, the apostle Peter talking, but you are a chosen people. Talking about you, the church, the bride of Christ. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What he's saying here is this. Look, you used to be this kind of person, but now you're this kind of person. So just like God is constructing in you mercy and a plan and in using you, God wants to continue to build things in your life. And so the way that, that I want to propose this to you today is number one, we've got to see it. The vision, just like when, when God building Christmas, it always starts with the vision. Just like when you want to build a house, it starts with the vision. And so as, as you have this vision, you've got to see it in your mind before you can see it with your eyes. You've got to see it with your heart before you see it with your eyes. That whatever God wants to build in your life, and only you and God know that, whatever God wants to build in your life, what God wants to construct. And I need to tell you, constructing Christmas is, works really, really great with Jesus because he was a carpenter. And he's building, the Bible says he's building heaven right now for us. I go and prepare a place for you. Okay, and so he wants to construct something in your life and it always starts with the vision. What is that vision in your life, in your head, in your heart that just won't go away? That's it, that is it. That's the thing that God wants to construct in your life. You know, God had a vision for the redemption of man long before man was ever created. Just like God had a vision for us. God has given you a vision for what he wants to build in your life. Second thing, in the way of blueprint. A blueprint is a representation of what is to be built, obviously. You can't tell an architect, hey, I wanna build this house. I wanna build like, you know, Four bedrooms, our family's like seven, ten bedrooms, you know. So we wanna, we wanna build this house and, and we wanna put it right there. So go build it. He's gonna ask for something and it's called a blueprint. He's gonna ask for the details of what that's like. It's called a plan. It's called a plan. And so just like God had a blueprint for Christmas, God wants to have a blueprint um, for your life. And, and, and it's, really, um, it, it's really how you believe it. You know, your belief is a representation of what is to come. Whatever, whatever vision God has given to you of, of what he's trying to build in your life, what he wants to build in you, you've got to not only see it, but then you've got to Believe it. Believe that that can happen. 
And then the way that you believe that can happen is that you create a plan. For example, let's say, let me pick an example that we can, most of us can relate to. Say, all right, Lord, I, I, I need to lose some weight, okay? And so if you have this vision of, of uh, what you need to, you know, either look like or kind of clothes you need to wear, or, you know, or maybe there's health reasons, get your blood pressure down, you know, whatever. Whatever that vision is, okay, of what you are to look like, it's got to go from, from vision to a plan, it's got to have a blueprint. And I know I'm using a really, really simple example, but you can plug this into, into your area of life. So if you have a vision and, um, uh, for health and weight loss, then you've got to create a plan. You've got to create a blueprint. You've got to believe that it can happen. Because when you start creating a plan, guess what? You're believing that it can happen. Hey, this can happen because here's the plan, right? Are you all with me? Good? All right, good. All right, good. So whatever God wants to do in your life, it starts with a vision. You gotta see it before it exists. You gotta believe it. You gotta have the blueprint. You gotta have a plan. Third, you gotta speak it. You have to speak it. Just like, just like the, uh, the prophets that we just read. What did they do? They, they spoke. They spoke, for unto us is born. A, a virgin will conceive. They spoke it. They wrote it down. So that is the foundation of what God wants to do in your life. You, your foundation is you've got to speak it. You've got to build it on foundation. And let's go back to our example. And, and, and again, you could take this example and plug it into whatever area of your life. Weight loss, okay? So, vision of where, what you need to look like, where you need to be, why you need to do there. Those are very, very important. And God has given that to you, okay? Maybe, you're, maybe your, your, your wife is telling you, baby, lay off the ice cream, okay? Whatever that is, okay? Last night, we went to TCBY, <laughs> No, I mean, we, we love TCBY. We put TCBY, you know, we just, you know, we take care of them. So we get there last night, and it's sort of our, our cheat date night. We're sort of cheap. And so uh, I, we always get the same size cup. And I don't know what happened, but I wound up with a larger cup. I mean, I just took it, and I was like, did they change these cups? Because I know what it feels like in my hand for the regular cup that we get, right, the, the bowl. And so I'm pouring my ice cream. He's like, it doesn't really fit right. And I looked at Suzanne. I was like, did they change the size of the cup? She goes, no, doofus, you changed the size of the cup. This is the cup. And she showed me. I was like, oh, well, I must have. She's like, really, Frank? <laughs> but, but so God may be showing you through conversations that people in your life are having or whatever, but that vision, okay, whatever that looks like, and then that plan, so you, you, you see it, you create a plan, you believe it, okay? I need to do X, Y, and Z to get to where God wants me to be, okay? All right, in this example of being fit or health or whatever, okay? So you have this, I, you gotta see it, 
You gotta believe it, and then you gotta speak it, which is the foundation. So then the next step would be this. Hey, um, I'm going, I'm, I'm making some, some changes in my life, and I'm not just going on a diet, but I'm making a lifestyle change, okay? And you, and you begin to tell people, and in fact, people begin to find out, hey, here, here's some pecan pie. Mm, no, thank you. And they're like, oh. So you're not eating pecan pie? No. So you speak it, you tell people about it because what that does, it holds you accountable. When God spoke through the prophets, he's, not that he had to, but he's holding himself accountable. He's like, look, it's gonna be in Bethlehem, it's gonna be from a virgin, and it's gonna follow the line of, of David. His kingdom forever. There you go. And so when, when, when you and I want to follow God's plan of constructing whatever's in your life, it's got to follow a line with see it, believe it, do a plan, a blueprint, whatever you want to call it, to then the foundation of not only seeing it, not only believing it, but speaking it. Tell people. Now let me tell you something. Some people like to start with speaking it. Some people like to start with the foundation. What, if you feel like you've gotta make some changes in your life, you, 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 it's easy just to start with the foundation. You just start speaking it. Can I tell you something? I would not start there. It's always gotta start with a vision. For instance, if you see someone in your life, a coworker, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, whatever, who they, they are doing something. Let's say if, if, if um, you know someone who is going to college to get their master's degree, and you say, you know, I'm gonna... I'm gonna do that too. I'm gonna follow their footsteps. And, and so you, you tell people, hey, I'm gonna go to college and I'm gonna get my master's degree. And, and, and then you start there. Can I tell you something? You need the vision and the blueprint before you start with the foundation. Okay? It's like building a house. You can't start laying a foundation. You need a plan. And you need a place you need a vision. And so you just going to school to get your master's just because another friend of yours is, is not reason enough to lay that foundation. There's got to be the why, the purpose, the reason, the passion behind it. And all that is with the vision. Do you understand? Are you following me? The vision. And then a plan. So if you feel like God's calling you to, to go back to school and get your master's degree, that's great, but, but it's gotta start with the vision. And then you say, all right, so I feel like God's telling me to do this, now here's how we're gonna do this. I'm, I need to cut back some work hours, or, or you know, I, need to, um, I need to not be involved in these certain activities because I need to, have to take some time for this. I need to work with my family schedule, you know, whatever it takes. I need to take out a loan, you know, I get, have an application, whatever that is. And so when you lay that foundation, it's built 
through the vision, the why, the passion, and a plan for that. God, the reason why God laid the foundation, the reason why God says that that she, the virgin, will conceive is because sin came into the world and there was a problem and he, and he wanted this solution. And so that right there is a huge reason for that. So we have the, the vision, we gotta see it, the blueprint, we gotta believe it, and then we've got to see it. And then Next week, as we close this out, you don't want to miss next week, because next week we're talking about living it, the structure, the structure, the framework of whatever God wants to build in your life, because we're talking about the framework or the structure of Christmas and how God built it. And so we, 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 we see it, we, we believe it, and uh, not only do we see it and then we believe it and speak it, but we live it. And so what does that look like for us? What did that look like for Christmas to actually walk into the structure, like building a house? You live in the house. What does that look like? As we close, the reason why Christ came to this earth is really to die for our sins, to take our sin, the guilt and shame away, and then ultimately rise from the dead and conquer death, hell, and the grave. A couple of passages that, that give the why God did this. Zechariah 12, uh, 10, another prophet. And I will pour out on the house of David in the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one who grieves for a firstborn son. It's talking about Christ on the cross. Another one from Isaiah 53, three through seven. And what we'll closes this. He, Jesus, did know, he didn't say his name because this is, Hundreds of years before, he, Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Let's talk about the sin he laid on Christ. Verse five, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, another version, by his stripes, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to their own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. God, God laid the foundation not just of Christmas, but God laid the foundation of how his son was going to die. And I want, to, I want to tell you, the whole Roman 
government wasn't even around when he, when he wrote this. The, the idea of crucifixion, crucifying, wasn't even around. So God has that framework. I mean, God has that, that, that thing he wants to construct in your life. But first, it starts with the vision. You gotta see it, even though it's not there. You gotta believe it by making a plan, making a blueprint, okay? And you gotta speak it. When you speak it, you're laying that foundation, okay? Marriage issues, talking to your spouse, speaking it, okay? Relationship issues, whatever it is. We are going to do this. We've got these issues, we're going to do this, okay? But let me tell you, the hardest skip is from the plan to the action, to speaking it. But God showed us clearly how that, that happens as he constructed Christmas and he wants to construct something in your life.